Welcome to another episode of our Transformers podcast. This is Sean. Charlie. And Thomas. And we are... Sparkcast. So today we're looking at another episode of the animated series, episode 10, 9 Nine. of the animated series uh, for season 2. It's Day of the Machines. Before we begin, I always like to be like, oh, hey, were there any differences between Season 5, Generation 2, and Japanese? But this is one of those episodes because it has Skyfire on it. It was never aired. Instead of being aired at the end of Season 3, like some of the Skyfire episodes, this and another one were never aired. So they didn't come out until the Laserdisc release many years later. So all they did was run the entire episode uncut, so no, nothing was actually cut. It was like a bonus feature to just see these two episodes that Japanese audiences didn't get to see before. Wow. And that's it. We saw something the Japanese didn't see themselves that they made? <laughs> well, hey, we wrote it and commissioned them to make the animation. So technically, the writer for this episode was David Wise, who we've mentioned before in our previous podcast for the episode we first did his episode on but also this is as we mentioned before one of the episodes where he reused this plot again in five different other tv shows that was very similar to a machine taking over other machines apparently that happens in ninja turtles he-man mighty ducks and like two others i couldn't even remember i'm gonna say the ninja turtles (laughs) kind of makes sense for me, especially since we have a character that looks like a Ninja Turtles character. <laughs> well, who's that? Torque looks like Krang. I was reminded of Krang. When oh, I saw just Tork because of his pink complexion? Giant pink face <laughs> crammed into a box with lots of wrinkles and lines all over the face. Oh my god. That's funny. Because so. what, Ninja Turtles, that wouldn't show up for another three years, right? That was like a late 80s thing. Or early, yeah, like 89, 88. So, but anyway. Me, Grimlock, no like you. What did we like and not like about this episode? Boy, I, I would say this episode was a little boring. I don't know why, what? but I, I was a little bored. There was just so much action going on nonstop that I thought this is a little different. It's just action for 20 minutes. There were some funny parts, but yeah, it was just uh, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I could see both ways because there was definitely constant action. And then it was like, okay, now we're going to split up and here's action here. Here's action over here. But also the action that was happening was just kind of boring. It wasn't like fun fighting or anything like that. It was really just like, hey, let's blow up these empty drones, these tanks and stuff that have no people in them or anything. And of course, we we know the story already. We've we've seen many sentient AI that, you know, suddenly turn the machines against the uh, populace, and they you know, find, round them up, and stop the AI. And 
Well, this uh, in this episode though, Megatron uh, breaks into the facility and controls the computer, Torque Three. I guess all he can do with it is lock doors, so that's not good enough for him. So he invents these circuits that he attaches to robots, and once they're attached to any robot, Torque Three can then take them over and do whatever he wants with them. The Autobots come in and they got to fight at the facility for like twenty minutes. He just had this convenient box of circuit linker chips that he just pulls out of nowhere, and he's like, okay, just throw some of these on all the things you can see, all the machines. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the funny thing that was in the beginning, I was like, how did Soundwave sneak in? Did Laserbeak just toss him in the window when it was open or something? Like, Because how did he get in there on the second or third story of a building along with Megatron in a case? And this guard comes in and is like, ah, oh, these scientists left this here. I'll put them in Lost and Found. And Lost and Found is outside where they could have been in the first place. Or no, it was downstairs in the basement. But World's but um, guard. <laughs> but I was just like, why why would you need to even go down there? Well, sorry, like sorry. My my first thing was Soundwave. How did he even sneak in there? Because I don't imagine him sneak sneaking in robot form and then transform into a cassette player every time he thinks he's gonna get caught. But um, <laughs> but like uh, but then the guard is like, oh man. Why does he need to put him in Lost and Found? That's obviously one person's office. That guy's going to come into work the next day. That's his stuff. I mean, it looked like, I thought it could be like a kind of a library space, but I'm, I'm, I'm still like, what a foolish security guard. You're going to take some strange, unclaimed items to Lost and Found. They're just sitting there and it don't belong there. Like, hmm, here's a guitar and some uh, Hannah Montana merch and a, a leaky box. Uh, I guess I'll just put these lost and found. That's not suspicious. Yeah, and actually, it doesn't end there with that particular bit because that's kind of weird. And to answer your question, Sean, there is no answer to your question. That's how the episode starts. They are just there. It starts, it pans from that building into the building, and they are just there sitting on top of the desk. That's how it, they are appear yeah. in the building. They don't, they don't show you how they got in there. <laughs> But then the guard takes it, he places it in Lost and Found, and Soundwave transforms, and then he ejects Laserbeak, and then he tells Laserbeak to release Megatron. So Megatron was just sitting in his gun form inside of a, a guitar case. And I'm like, why does Megatron need to be released? He's a giant robot. One, I'm surprised he fits in a guitar case. It's just a tiny violin case, essentially. Or gun um, case. I mean, he could just like transform and break out of the case. He doesn't need to be released from this tiny latch, this leather case. But then also, it gets to the point where, yes, they are kind of just like sneaking around, which doesn't make any sense. So they're really? sneaking around outside. Are they sneaking around? Because this is, okay, so this is Megatron's definition of sneak. Ah, a chain link fence is in front of me. Blow it up with my gun. Kaboom. And, yes, and then they, they fly they fly to the top of the building. I'm like, why couldn't you just do that from the start? Why do you have to go through this whole scheme of planting yourselves on top of a desk? Just fly. And then they get on top of the roof and they tell Laserbeak to blow a hole in it. And I'm like, what happened to the sneaking? What was the whole point of that other sequence? And we just saw guards below them. And it's only four stories. You're going to hear an explosion four stories above you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, then, and Megatron is just... just dick as, as soon as he got out of that guitar case he says 
get a move on. I was like, dude, he just <laughs> opened you. He's proceeding with the plans. Show a little appreciation yes, for sound wave. you from your shackle, <laughs> your, your leather case shackle that you would have never gotten out of yourself. <laughs> uh, no. So yeah, that was definitely that was definitely some silly some silliness right there. Just several events back to back to back right at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> okay, so they get to Torque 3. And I was like, so instead of a keyboard, he's got all these random numbers and symbols. And I have oh, no idea what they're cool. for other than just to look cool. <laughs> they look, look like cool. just math symbols. Like that was a giant calculator or something. There's like an epsilon and a, you know, like a weird looking division sign that they kind of mess with a little bit. <laughs> Speaking of what I've mentioned before, uh, in like Autobot X, anytime we create a robot, it must be want to destroy things. Because Megatron controls Torque 3 and says, use this machine. That is his direction. Torque 3 interprets that to mean, I think I will try to kill Soundwave. <laughs> okay, so I guess maybe subconsciously you're like, you know, <laughs> I'll screw the, I'll get these guys. Because then later uh, in the episode, when Optimus confronts him, he's like, I... Torque 3 will control everything. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to be following Megatron's command. You're not a mad robot. Well, at the beginning, when he does start off controlling Torque, he says he's programmed with his personality and his instinct. So I guess that's really just telling on Megatron how he feels about <laughs> all of the minions under him. He just wants to kill them constantly. And it does make sense that Torque eventually just wants to take over himself, take over the world. Because uh, that's definitely what Megatron tries to do every day as soon as he wake up. You know, Thomas, I have something really important I wanted to talk to you and Charlie about. Should we really make a podcast? I mean, I know I'm bringing this up even though we're 60 plus episodes in. On the podcast? No, I'm just kidding. Like, they're like... Because <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm bringing up this after we've already been doing it for so long, which, you know, I should have brought that up before we started it. Well, this is an interesting topic for a podcast. Should we really do this podcast? Hey, this is for the pursuit of knowledge, okay? If it spins out of control, it's not our fault. It just is it's part of the territory. Pursuit of knowledge. Well, we can all agree that we don't need robots or any AI to lock and unlock doors for us. Like that is just such a bad idea. They just the scientists get locked in their room. Not only wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not only is he able to lock and unlock doors, he's able to move like a wooden door and then lock it. <laughs> he's able to control objects that have not been roboticized. Yeah. <laughs> just just regular inanimate objects. That cardboard box over there. We can control it now. But I'm just like, imagine that's such a huge waste of money to make every door have electronics in it too that can swing it open and closed and then lock. I'm like, just get a guard. This is such a waste. It's like... Oh, yeah, the filing cabinet that... Oh, yeah. It's like when I go to order something at, say, Burger King or Dunkin' Donuts, why do you need three gigantic displays of electronics for the menu? Like, why can't you just use the same... Your menus don't change all that often, maybe every three months. Just use the printouts you used to. Why do you need a gigantic screen 
showing everything, <laughs> and then it decides to run an advertisement while I'm looking at the menu, and I'm oh, like, geez. well, yes, I got to wait for the thing to come back because what I wanted to order isn't on the menu anymore, and then I got to wait there for 10 seconds, and I'm just like, <laughs> why can't you just... It's a waste of technology. You don't need to use something just because it exists. You just get, like, you could just keep with with the stick. I don't care if I have to edit that out because it just, like, pisses me off. It's such a waste. It's a waste of energy, a waste of manufacturing, a waste of everything for something that's not necessary. That reminds me of the, the yeah. airplane, uh, the board at the airport where suddenly they changed it so that it shows, like, what carrier has it or something, and that causes it to just totally be out of position. <laughs> like, mm. like, you're looking at a flight, and it's at the top of the thing, or it's in the middle, or it's somewhere else, just because, okay, now it's owned, now it's owned by Delta. Now it's mm-hmm. operated by United. Why do we oh. need to know that? I don't care. I just want to get on the dang plane. I bought it from Expedia, okay? <laughs> uh, part of that, I feel like, was... Uh... They were using that character. Well, it, it kind of threw me for a loop, actually, because the reveal ended up to being something completely mundane slash ridiculous. Where when we're in the scene and the the two scientists are talking to each other, and one guy's like, you know, robots are super great, and we should make everything robots. And I'm like, okay, I see where this is gonna go. We're just gonna end up with robots taking over and trying to overthrow everything. But then all that happens, and they do all this robot drama, and Krang, our our Torque, (laughs) decides that he wants to take over. But then we have this sequence with with Optimus and Krang. God, you call him Krang. (laughs) Torque. (laughs) Oh, no. Torque. As is basically lured Optimus into a trap, and he, you know, Optimus can't stop the robot from taking over. And in our heads, it looks like. Uh, from our perspective, it looks like Optimus has been taken over and he has had one of these chips placed on him. Oh, hold on. We, we got to go back to the beginning, though, for that to make sense. Well, there is no consensus because I'm going to skip over that part. We can go back to that part later. But, you know, Optimus is in front of Torque and, you know, we have all this ambition and, and talk about like robots taking over. You know, the two scientists laying the groundwork of like, we're just going to take over. And it just turns out that. None of that's really going to happen. Like it, the guy decides that. Well, Optimus basically kills the plot and says, "Well, we got to end this episode. I didn't actually get taken over. I'm just going to punch you, punch your circuits, and that's just going to be the end of this episode and the end of Krang." And I was like, "Okay, well, <laughs> that was a really quick way to end this." Which I think, oh, but it wasn't actually, over yet. There's still like eight more minutes. Well, it's over for Torque. Torque yeah. is done. That's in the yeah. Torque. Like that... all this setup about Torque taking over and b- being driven to do all this because of Megatron's instincts that goes away just immediately with just with just yeah. a swing of Optimus's fist. And he just dents the outside of the housing. He doesn't even like you don't see anything happen with the circuitry or anything. <laughs> it's just. And were you expecting Thomas there to be a reveal like? Megatron, you don't control me anymore. Now I will control the world or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I thought, yeah, it just makes sense. Like Megatron's putting all these these circuits on all these different machines and stuff. I mean, like you're basically building the army for Torque to take over. But then it's like, nah, no, we're not going to do that. Optimus is going to punch you and then say, his punch saved the day. <laughs> no, it didn't, no, save, it the didn't day. save the day. It, because, it ended uh, Torque. It ended his ambition. Then it was all Megatron controlling everything. So. Yeah, <laughs> no, he, no, he was the backup plan. Torque is unoperable now. And Megatron's like, ah, oh, it's a good thing I made this 
handy dandy remote control device just in case that happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that shrunk smaller and smaller each successive time it was shown. Besides, like, Torx <laughs> just flagrant vulnerability to punches. I mean, what is up with just having, like, some kind of interface, just a, like a hole above the control panel that was just, it was just open and ready and waiting for Megatron to just insert his mind probe into. <laughs> <laughs> it just like sends a little thing out of his forehead and right into a convenient hole. And mm -hmm. there you go. Reprogrammed. Well, they yeah. probably didn't add a bunch of security features there because they just assumed that You'd never get to the room where the nobody would make was. it out of the <laughs> nobody would make it out of lost and found. The guard would have put you in lost and found, and nobody would have ever claimed you. But <laughs> apparently, that was the one hole in their defense. People oh, sneaking man. into lost and found, <laughs> and then blowing a hole in the side of the building. And and, and no, you mean on the roof and the side the of the roof. Building. <laughs> but yeah, I want to go back to the one thing: the scientists are able to contact the the transformers by doing techie stuff. And so the Autobots get there. Well, the, the five of them get there. Paper we, clips. We're focusing on uh, uh, all these, on some of these characters. Optimus, Prowl, Jazz, Sideswipe. And I'm missing one. There's five of them. Ironhide. Ironhide. Ironhide was yeah. there, yep. Yeah, so they're like, they punch all these robots, and then they're like, ah, oh, a remote control circuit linker. And while he's being described what it is, Optimus is like, I'm going to store this in my shoulder for safekeeping. And I actually wrote that down as possible stupid moments until I saw the rest of the episode. Because I'm oh, yeah. like, you don't even know if it's off or not. He just says, yeah. here's the thing. They don't, like, disable it. But then later, it actually works to his advantage because later in the, where you mentioned, he swaps out the the active control circuit that one of Torx robots has and puts the fake one in the robot's hand, I guess. And then he is pretends to be controlled, goes up to Torque and goes, aha, I switched it and then punches him. But just so, just it, it sounds like, oh, so Optimus was actually being really smart, took out this entire thing. Like he's even like, don't go in there. I value your lives and just goes in there and does all the death traps himself and takes out Torque. With a punch. Let's not forget that. He just punches him. Yes. Well, it's first he took him out with his brain. Giant supercomputer. So. <laughs> so you did mention all the rest of the characters. I, you know, this was. Uh, I don't know if we've seen other episodes that had both the Dinobots and Skyfire in the same episode, or at least it's been a long time. It's definitely been a long time since we've seen Skyfire. Yeah. Oh, that was hilarious too. He's like, um, "Look at all these robots. We need some help." So they call the Dinobots. The Dinobots fight yeah. them all off, and they're like, well, you can go home now. We got this. And it's just, <laughs> it, instead, he should have been, well, Torque 3 is there. Grimlock, I want you to make a straight line of destruction straight to Torque 1. He's like, okay. And then the episode would have ended in less than a minute. Yeah. Yeah. The Dinobots are super overpowered. It is insane. Yeah, so they, they were shooting the fire and melting all those things at once. And then eventually they were like, well, we're not even going to use weapons. We're just going to walk straight and everything's going to die in our path. Yes. <laughs> no, it's well, just, it's crazy because like, you know, the, the Autobots, when they split up, you know, some hit it towards uh, Megatron, the other half hit it towards this base and they were just getting beat up by all the different machines. But the yeah. Dinobots show up and like, we're just going to stand still, shoot us with all your crap. 
guess what? Yeah. We're invincible. Well, what happens is after the Dinobots leave, they go through the front door and one machine comes out for each of the Autobots there. And, and the funniest thing is Optimus, <laughs> Prowl, Jazz, and Sideswipe, they're all struggling. They're like, oh God, the robots, the robots. But Ironhide though, he's like, what is this? Sh-? And just walks forward and then boom, like puts his finger in the laser and it blows up. And he's okay, like, yeah. Did oh. you explain that to me? Like it's, <laughs> Does Ironhide have like a secret power with his windshield that could just reflect any kind of like? Well, it wasn't. It just seemed like a freeze ray. Yeah, it's freeze. never. It's never explained. I mean, they. I thought his description was supposed to to uh, to say that he's supposed to be one of the more durable Autobots or the more like, I don't know, resistant to getting shot Autobots. Who knows what it is? But like, maybe that's an example of them following through with the character bio. Uh, he's that's... tough. He's tough, man. <laughs> Except when he falls onto a control console. <laughs> There's one thing I had to bring up that I just... At the very beginning, when Optimus and all the Autobots arrive there, there's just tons and tons of tanks. I'm like, this is a research facility. They wouldn't have tanks. I, I'm just imagining either Torque 3 sending out all his robots across the U.S., to break into military installations and toss the circuits on the tanks. Or maybe, you know, the Decepticons are going around to military bases, just shooting all the tanks, then having it go over there. Because I'm just like, that this doesn't make any sense. How did all the tanks get here? It must have been like a, a military some, installation. A research but installation. A pretty on weak a base one. Or military yeah. base. <laughs> because they did also, besides the tanks, they did have like basically like turrets up on the different buildings and stuff. So those had oh. to have been there because they didn't have like wheels or anything. Yeah, because this is cartoon 80s where everyone is allowed to have guns in their place of business. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot. They said Torque 3 in the office is the only robot that can build other robots. So maybe he built all those tanks. Oh, that's right. I think he was building robots in the middle of the episode, too. So, yeah, that's true. Because uh, I'm pretty sure if they had taken tanks from other places, Optimus would have gotten the alerts. Because <laughs> they get every alert. Like, oh, my God, it's 10 degrees hotter over here than it should be this winter. It must be Megatron. <laughs> Does anybody know what an actual hydrofoil is? Hydrofoil? That sounds familiar, but I... I... Can't tell you this. That's something. Not engineer. <laughs> Hound wants to go investigate because oh, well, first off, the oil tankers are all convening in one spot in the middle of the ocean. Optimus is like oh, Megatron's base, which I'm just like, wait a minute. His base is always near a cliffside. Like that does. I don't know if that should go into retcon or if uh, we'll just go back to another cliff the next episode or what. But like that is not where their base. is. This, their bases, I've always assumed, is just a few miles off the coast of, of like, Maryland or something. <laughs> like, that's what it always feels like. Yeah, that's, it's not like they yeah. take a long time to get there. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're always, well, or, or Arizona, California, whatever. I, it, it looked like it was the east this time, though. So who knows where it is? They change it all the time. So Skyfire and Hound go on to the platform. By sneaking into the uh, the oil tanker, and and then of course they attack. Get, I was gonna say get arrested, get captured because they used the human. They shouldn't have taken them with them in the first place as a hostage. Yeah, uh, good job, Spike. They threatened to drop them on the rocks. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I like that. That's funny. After they free the company from Torque, the scientist is like, here, use my hydrofoil boat. And I'm like, is hydrofoil a real thing? Is this something I should be looking up online? Yeah, it, it is, a real, is a real thing. I just looked okay. it up to see what it was. I mean, this hydrofoil that they're talking about, though, yeah. is got some additional features, though. <laughs> that is that the silly little thing they're riding on with spark plug? Yes, that was a hydrofoil. Yes. Uh, okay. So, so I was like, that is, the, that is the silliest looking little boat. <laughs> and I don't know where it came from. It just like appeared. I was like, I, I thought I missed something, but I've tried to go back to see where it came from. <laughs> and I can't figure it out. It's just, yeah, it was just it, the way that. It. They just basically, well, one, just bring Spark Plug into the episode randomly. Yeah, like, where was uh, he? And then they just basically cut to this whole scene where, like, hey, here's this hydrofoil that is the fastest boat in the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we can just conveniently cut, get you guys over to this so other what, location. So what is hydrofoil, Charlie, when you look it up? What does it say it is? It's just... Um, it's actually, a boat that... Uh, yeah, it has it uses elements of lift. So basically, as it goes faster, it kind of has like wings that basically kind of like help lift it up out of the water. Does yeah. that explain it, why it was able to fly up onto the oil platform? Well, no, Maybe. that's the extra stuff. <laughs> that's the extra stuff. <laughs> because it, the jump part, I could kind of believe the end of the episode where they just use it as a spaceship. Uh, wait, wait, the and what? It just, they... Well, not a spaceship. It doesn't go into space. It flies. It just becomes uh, an aircraft. Oh, it does. Uh, I didn't miss the. And they just part. fly away. Well, that was that was Skyfire. They flew. No, away no, no, no. The the other Autobots before Optimus says "Go on without me," they get into the hydrofoil and it flies away because it has thrusters on the back of it. So I don't. It it seems like why do you have this hydrofoil? You might have, should have just built a ship, a flying mm -hmm. ship. <laughs> Is it like on Google, why is hydrofoil not so popular? It says when it comes to aircraft, hydrofoil is a wing that would only effectively work while in water, while there's existing seaplanes that already have wings that work while either on the water or in the air. <laughs> yeah, so it it's is, best it's, to use a seaplane. <laughs> yes, exactly. You should have just had a plane. You can have a plane, a ship that flies in the air that can land so, on water. So basically it was a technological dead end. And yeah, that, okay. that is so weird. <laughs> I was uh, wondering what that would be used for anyway. Like I've, I've never really seen them that much. So okay. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even make sense. Because like you know, maybe you add the feature to go on land, but then at that point you might as well just have a hovercraft because the hovercraft can go onto yeah. I mean, and water. Those those were really cool. I was like, I want a hovercraft. When I was a kid, I thought those were awesome. Even though they, I thought they were science fiction. I don't know if they were going to be real yet. In the now 80s. nobody cares anymore because they're just big, fat drones. They put seats on and handlebars. <laughs> Over bikes. <laughs> uh, I want a Segway that also doubles as a what we were just talking about. Uh, is a hydrofoil? <laughs> no, not a hydrofoil. The other thing I just mentioned. The I feel like that sounds like something that foot the uh, foot clan soldiers would like Wait, fly what? around in. Well, like what, here's what, this what? like flying seat or tube or. Well, no, this wouldn't fly. This would only operate on land and water because it would be a. God, what were we just talking about? The word a of hydrofoil version of it? No, the the thing I just said I wanted as a kid. Hovercraft. Hovercraft. Yeah, imagine oh, okay. a Segway hovercraft. <laughs> That just like only operates on water. It operates on water and land. <laughs> or what if it only operates on water? So whenever you like get to the shore, you just stop dead and like fly off of it. <laughs> well, that's why you make a double Segway where there's tires on the top 
tires on the bottom. So one is for water <laughs> and one is for land. So you just flip it over, and when you reach the end, the land or the water, so you have to do like a trick and like hop off of it mid mid air and flip it around. I, oh, I like that idea. Like That's cool. Like you're in some um some BMX competition. Yeah, just do like a kick flip with it. <laughs> I got I got a patent this. You guys want to help me find a factory and start making some prototypes? That sounds very sweet. I want one. I of just those. get a robot to make it for you. No, because then he'll use them for evil and try to take over the world with my invention. He'll find a way to add like missiles to it. Take or over something. the world with evil kickflips. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the guy said at the end, right? We can't trust them robots. We gotta. We gotta oh yeah, gotta can't be... trust them robots. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right, yeah, I, yeah. I was waiting for that because that was the last point I had to make. Because after that, there was hardly anything happening in this episode that was noteworthy. And, but then we get to that part where I'm like, oh, the episode's basically over. Whoa, whoa, what did this guy just say? <laughs> and and the Autobots basically had the same reaction. Oh my god, this was ridiculous. <laughs> and they were they were so offended by it. They're like. Like what? Yeah, Jesus. it wasn't like none of them missed the beat. All of the Autobots heard it, and they were all like offended. Well, you know, like he's just talking about regular robots. He's not talking about you know sentient alien robots. Oh no, that's not what he said. <laughs> so basically, what happens? You know, the Autobots saved the day, and they hit. I don't know where they were. I guess they went back to the lab or whatever. The scientist is basically, I guess, stating that like. <sighs> That he probably isn't going to do something like this again because all machines are unreliable. Yes. Um, and he says that in front of, you know, a bunch of Autobots that just saved them, like a bunch of machines that just saved them from the other evil machines. So then all the Autobots hear this and they're like, wait a minute, like, what are you saying? Like, yeah, how can you expressions? Yeah. <laughs> And then the scientist is like tripping on himself to basically explain. He was like, well, well, you're not like those other machines. You're different, of course. <laughs> oh, my God. He did say it like that. Yes, really <laughs> that. yes. He basically went through all the like, well, I'm not a racist. I have, you know, I have robot friends, too. You know, this I didn't mean you guys. And meanwhile, they're like murmuring among themselves like hmm, microaggressions oh, yeah. and yeah yeah oh, oh yeah i'm sure yeah you're definitely not like a robot racist or anything but it's different though because these are robots it's different sean it's different it says the white guy defending the conversation <laughs> so that that was basically my note i basically the first sentence was haha racism <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, this will be funny. The kids will definitely understand this. The subtleties oh, here. Just wait. <laughs> okay, no, that's next episode where they hide a curse word in the show. <laughs> oh, they were basically doing some fake curse words in this episode too. Oh, like no, Megatron was like, "I'll see you in hell," something like that. Yeah, oh, I wanted to get to Optimus saying some fun stuff, which I like this episode. Like the one thing I thought for some reason just was really funny to me. I rewound it and watched it again. Was when uh, the rest of the Autobots jump off their hydrofoil and just storm the base. They shoot an explosion somewhere, and Soundwave just goes woo and flips over, and it just looks so funny. Even though he's only flipping like 180, but it just like he moves all the way from one end of the screen to the other. It just was really funny. But um, and then they were captured. Uh, I forgot to mention like the Autobots that were captured. They actually did something useful. They blew up the uh, force field surrounding the oil tanker so the rest of the Autobots could actually get in. Oh, yeah, right as they were approaching. Yep. But the thing is that didn't make sense is they have 
Spike risk his life by poking his head out and going, hey there, frenzy. And he get boom, boom, get shot at. And then on the other end of the aisle, because there's two entrances to the force field controls, all of a sudden Skyfire's there and he's like, hey, over here instead. And then he starts chasing Skyfire. And Hound is just like, what an idiot, and blows up this thing. <laughs> and I'm just like, why did you even need Skyfire? You're Hound. You could have made holograms. Or, yeah, they could have also just, like, destroyed it after the first time when Spike was the first distraction. But I guess they didn't want Spike to be in too much danger. Which, in the first place, well, not, why have Spike get involved at all? Just have Skyfire, Skyfire do it the first time. <laughs> so, a fun fact here. This was Hound's first and last time using his shoulder-mounted rocket launcher. First and last time. Wow. Yes. Okay. That just makes me wonder how many times Mirage actually uses his. Because he's we'll got one, too. Scratch it off his weapons list. <laughs> yeah. Used. Done. But the worst fact is, this is the last Skyfire episode that we will ever see. Really? Skyfire never shows up again. Just because they wanted to not put him in there with all the uh, stuff going on, since he wasn't really one of the Takara figures. Probably to appease yeah. them. I think he might have been drawn in a season three episode by animators, but so... I don't know if that was part of the script. He just shows up in the background. So I don't think that can be considered a real canon appearance. But yeah, because I really, I well, kind of like they, him too. But. Well, which makes sense. I he wonder... doesn't even get to die in the movie. Doesn't, you know, doesn't even get to show up. He just vanishes from existence. So how soon was he basically replaced by an identical figure? <laughs> the identical figure, Astro Train. Oh, Astro Train's for the Decepticons. Oh, oh, never mind then. So the, uh, so the, <laughs> yeah, he hasn't shown up yet in the show. That's that's funny. You know, well, that's still kind of that still kind of goes by a point where they look similar, similar ish, and they serve kind of the same purpose. So I mean, it's basically like the Skyfire, like, oh, I'll, I'll see you guys. I'll you'll never see me again. And then he shows up with the the Decepticons wearing uh, like a curly evil mustache disguise. No, they don't. They wait till <laughs> other shows entirely before they start using recolors. That's funny. <laughs> Okay, so going back to Optimus, he had like three lines of dialogue that I just thought were hilarious. I'm like, when did Optimus start cracking jokes? Because he, oh, always... he was. This is one thing I hated about this episode. He talked a lot in this episode, but it was all boring one-liners, like all yeah, of it. Yeah, he he stands up on one of the Dinobots to rescue the humans, and he's like going down. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Good grief!" Like Charlie Brown in one one of the scenes of like. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then when they're, when they're going to the door where Torque 3 is, they're like, it's locked. And Optimus is like, fortunately, I have a delicate lock-picking technique. And then, boom, oh, blows yeah. up the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> and then, it, then at the end, with the mechanism that controls the, uh, the oil tankers, he just throws it at Megatron. It's like, catch! <laughs> and, and, and he's just so startled by this that Megatron clumsily catches it, but then falls on it and destroys it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny, pretty clever. I was like, wow, Optimus, that's like, you just toyed with them now? And then Megatron, <laughs> they, they, the camera basically just pauses. Like, nothing's happening while Megatron's basically just realizing what just happened. It was like, wow, they are really rubbing it into his face. Like, you just got played for a complete fool, Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered another silly moment. When they were battling the tanks, there's this part where Optimus actually runs away from an army truck that's coming at him. But I'm like, 
isn't he a huge semi truck? I mean, what? Why would that be a threat? Especially since they were like ripping tanks in two at the start of that. That doesn't make any sense to me. But then after that, they called for the the uh, Dinobots' help. <laughs> yeah, they were getting like overwhelmed. Who begrudgefully came? <laughs> I mean, they were overwhelmed by regular trucks, and and like those probably aren't that big. I mean, a can of. Oh yeah, they say aim for the tires is the one thing that's just a normal truck. Yeah, aim truck. for the I'm tires. Like, it's just a normal up. truck. That would blow up from one of your blasts. <laughs> but but they ran away from it. I'm like, you guys can just like sucker punch that thing and it's done. <laughs> oh, 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 here it, it was this episode, Thomas. Which episode? It was this episode where they curse. Oh, he says, one? we are in deep transistor parts. What oh, are yeah, yeah. So, yeah, parts so that was the other than, one I couldn't remember. What are they other than refuse, i.e. human fecal matter? That's a stretch. Come on. Uh, we well, can say transistor parts. If they could say, you know, uh, what, I know what, I'm pretty uh, sure they, they substitute other things. Other substitute. Yeah, because Megatron also basically said, I'll see you in hell. Like, that's the only time you'll, like, defeat me. <laughs> So what, like, what yeah. did he say? Do you remember? I forget what he said, but yeah, that there were multiple lines during this episode where they were like, let's mess around with the censors a little bit this episode. <laughs> yeah. Was the probe that opt nah, Megatron put into a Torque a bit of a stretch there? <laughs> what was it? Sorry. This is a, this is a clean show, Charlie. There were, there were no probing. <laughs> None of that was happening. It was not stuff getting stuck into slots. <laughs> Hey, it was a round slot, and that was a. Uh... <laughs> oh, yep. I had two quick things. The first was, even though this was a later Japanese episode, the narrator just will not shut up. I'm like, it even says it's Soundwave when Soundwave first transforms in the beginning. <laughs> Trying to get the kids motivated. They just won't, they just won't be quiet. <laughs> I'm like, I know they're in a building. I know what they're doing. Why not be quiet? But the funny thing is. The entire ore tanker exploded, and there was no environmental damage whatsoever. <laughs> even there's hoarding oil tankers there, so Megatron lost his energy. But we don't even need to mention that all these fish in the this whole area is uninhabitable now for the next thirty or forty years. Yep, that's gonna be like ten years of cleanup right there. Animation errors. There was one that was kind of funny when Jetfire lands on the oil tanker. And he opens the door with Spike and Hound. I see Spike's feet coming through it. It almost looks like his feet are poking through and they get completely crushed while the door opens. <laughs> One scene, Sideswipe was running away from the machines and they painted his entire helmet for the entire scene red instead of black. And he just looks really weird when he's fully red. Mm. Optimus' eyes were also red the whole time he was captured. And did anybody catch the errors at the very end? even though I know you were focused on the racism. Not only did Skyfire have a completely black face, the entire scene where that scientist was talking. Wow, just layering the racism. Like, let's have a black face. Wow. (laughs) I'm sorry, just, he's supposed to have a white face. So his face was black the entire 30 seconds of that scene. 30 seconds? How many frames was that, man? Come on. (laughs) And not only that, because they didn't want to use any animation, so everybody just stands around. So they use the exact same thing, and only Optimus's mouth plate moves. Was his mouth plate just big red? <laughs> the other error is that Skyfire 
It's the same size as Prowl in that scene, the whole last scene. Prowl, jeez. <laughs> yeah, Skyfire. Yeah, well, that's, even in uh, Skyfire, his, he's always jacked up. His proportions are never... It's just always blatant how much they change him around. It's ridiculous. Because I remember the last time he was in an episode, it was just... Like, why is he so big and so small? Like, he, because it was an episode where they were like in a temple and stuff, and like they landed on top of it and it was massive and he fit 50 Transformers inside of him. But then they have him walk around in these little tiny hallways that are like normal human size. <laughs> like, they never get Skyfire right. Did you have any animation that you saw, Charlie? I didn't spot anything in particular that stood out to me as like, being anything that shouldn't be there. It looks pretty normal. I didn't really see too many errors. Mainly that thing, that very last scene that really stood out to me. I always want to see something really funny, like when Chip just rolls into Bumblebee. (laughs) 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 It's really funny. But yeah, nothing special this time. Thomas, you? Nope, I didn't notice anything. So the uh, no more deleted audio. I think there's still only one episode left we haven't covered. Not really any retcons unless you count the Decepticons base being in the middle of the ocean now instead of near, you know, wherever Carly could get on a boat and just go swim to it from the shore. Hey boys, we're gonna be movie stars. Main character. Do you think Optimus Prime is the main character this episode because of all the heroic stuff he did? Based on because of the talking. Either, yeah, it'd be Optimus, I think. He had too many lines. I mean, he takes out Torque 3 using brains and brawn. And then... He goes to the uh, maze by himself. He gets to the he, maze. He calls the he Dinobots. Back. He calls when the he, Dinobots. He goes back and saves the rest of the, the, the B team. He runs scared from a pickup truck. <laughs> and then he confronts racism. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Optimus is an ally. Do you agree with that too, Thomas? Uh, yeah, I think Optimus, yeah, he has to be the main character. If if it wasn't him, then I guess it would be Megatron. Tork? Or Tork. <laughs> Tork? No, we just didn't get enough screen time. No, he doesn't count. He's just a machine. He doesn't matter. <laughs> energy! Megatron's energy. Does anyone want to actually describe what Megatron's plan was this episode? Oh, yeah. Megatron actually wanted to... Oh, wait. Actually, that's the next episode. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I got that wrong. I can't remember what his plan is for this episode. Why did he do any of that besides uh, just being a jerk? Because they obviously premeditated this pretty hard. They did the old Trojan horse trick, and they hid inside the research facility, and they were going to do what now? Oh, I know what it was. It was... um. They uh, they wanted to steal the oil, like using it, the oil rig, and they somehow lured all the tankers in with the electronic doohickeys, and they I guess they're just going to steal oil from them to make energy. <laughs> it actually seemed like a good plan this time. Except I just... thought it was a weird plan. I'm like, how do we jump to oil tankers from what we were doing before? <laughs> why, why do we need to go to a military installation to uh, steal? Oh, I'm sorry. Military? Something? It is quantum robotics. Oh, okay. <laughs> or 
why why do we need to go there to get to this point to just steal tanker oil i just don't get it <laughs> i was almost disappointed that they're at sea i'm like why why, why are we at sea now what what happened to the story why is there a captain with the captain's hat on <laughs> mm. He talks to Spike for like a minute and then he's not there anymore. <laughs> I don't know what happens to him. I forgot, like, it's been so long since I've seen it. I forgot, like, what his initial plan was. At first, when he took over Torque 3, I thought he was just going to use the power. Of, I, I, I thought, like, Torque 3 can control other machines or something. So he would use this ability to just create a robot army to try to take over the U.S. or something. But that's not what happened. He's like... Yes, yeah, control I, all the oil tankers, and we'll have enough energy to take over the world. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he didn't want to use up the unlimited energy that Torque has. He wanted to let Torque have that for himself, all for himself. But yeah, I'm basically with you. Like, how do we just get from this? You have this super robot that can print robots and take over the robots. Maybe use that to take over. I mean, you can do a little bit more, <laughs> a lot better with uh, than just settling for oil tankers. Do seem like a weak source of energy. Come on. I mean, there's nuclear energy, there's uh, wind energy, solar. You could do oh, yeah, something I don't think to they use wind in this show. Steal, steal the sun's rays again or, or try to steal the Earth's air so you can just funnel it all into some kind of uh, or, vortex. Or... Or blow up the planet to get all the energy from the explosion again, you know. Or pump the magma out of the core. I mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How Anything. is this planet still alive? <laughs> I do what I want when I want. For Starscream's blunders and other stupid moments, I only had one stupid thing, and that was Skywarp and Houndman. They're like, how do we get out of here? They and later, a few minutes later, they punched through the door. They could have escaped all along. Like, <laughs> did they not? Were they just like, we don't know what traps out there, or we don't know who's guarding out there because it was just ravage and rumble. You guys could take those guys out. You got Skyfire, or maybe they just didn't know what was out there, and that's why they were waiting. They just knew somebody was guarding out there. They were yeah. afraid. <laughs> they were afraid. And that has to be the reason. Because that was pretty dumb. Like, yeah. And I, I was thinking, I was like, really? You're just going to just sky... I guess that must be a strong force field or something. Oh, I guess that doesn't matter at all. You just don't want to do anything, I guess. The electromagnet, like, just, like, stuck the guys to the wall. And they just walked right past it when they came out. Like, no thing, you know. Yeah. It's already sticking two guys to the wall. It can't stick us, too. Yeah, and was it Spike said, aha, I can touch this because Transformers can't touch this item. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's still not dangerous to operate the, that near their um, hard drives or whatever. Mm -hmm. Why would they stick them in a room with a conveniently located uh, electromagnetic magnet anyway? Like, I was like, they just stuck him in the trash. It's like just a storage room. Like, here, you guys stay in there with all that stuff and be quiet. <laughs> I have one fun fact. The scientist's name is Paul Gates. Yep. So it's possible they were named after Paul Allen and Bill Gates, since those are the two co-founders of Microsoft. Huh. Did the other scientist doctor have a name? No, he never got a name. He was just friend talking to scientist or something. I don't know. Generic engineer number one. 
Yeah. Naive robot lover number two. <laughs> you know how last time we looked at a nice car racing set. Now I want you to see this video of the Tech Specometer 11. Basically, I want to look at six to eight toy groups that came out that were not on the show, but were sold as Transformers. Wow. And like this, officially licensed? And th- yes, this is one of them. This is the Tech Specometer 11. Put on mute and take a look at it and just see, just see this wonderful toy in action. Oh, this is a gun. This is a gun. Oh, a gun? It says 11 different toys in one. Okay. I thought it was a cassette, at, some kind of cassette at first, but... Just go to minute one where he gets it out of the box. And it looks like there should be an audio cassette spool there or something. Yeah. So you said there's supposed to be 11 toys in one. Like, what, what are they? You know what they are? Oh, my God. It does come off as a gun at 2.30. <laughs> That's... <laughs> It's, yeah, like a like a SOCOM pistol. Like oh my god, it's even got a trigger in it. It's yeah, like, oh that's it's a gun. It is definitely <laughs> a gun at some point with a compass on it. So like, <laughs> you can aim precisely at somebody's head. Yeah. So yeah, because he just takes the gun off and then it to her. It's it's so it's so hilarious. Oh okay, so it doesn't transform. It just has a bunch of gadgets built into it mostly. Yeah, well, I guess it, it transforms just... into the gun, but that's about it. The other stuff is just like here are these features on it, a random button at the bottom of it. Uh, like it out. has a uh, like I saw the compass a earlier. Tape measure. It has, it tape, has measure. A tape measure. Oh yeah, tape measure. <laughs> and it's got a light on the side. Uh, oh, there's the compass. I guess the other thing on the side was something else. Oh, the dial is to wind up the tape measure. Oh my god, the other side has a whistle. To get somebody's attention before you shoot them in the head. <laughs> okay, this looks like slightly a ripoff. Like this might have been a prototype for like a uh, some kind of camping do-it-all tool or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just put a logo on it. <laughs> what is what is that switch thing at the end? It looked like the the gun bullet area would be. I can't really tell what that is. Oh, at the top. The yeah. Blue. I yeah. I have no idea. I think there are just random switches and stuff on here. Because there's one on the back, too. Yeah, this is pretty funny. Yeah, This is hilarious. I was like, if I saw this somewhere at the yard sale, th- I would totally be buying this. There's text yeah. on it that says telescope. <laughs> yeah, that might be what the thing you look through is on the one area where he put it. But, yeah, I still, it's just so weird that it just comes out as a gun. You could not sell something like that. I mean, it's got blue <laughs> on the, the side. 80s. It's before the orange, <laughs> so it does have a bright blue thing on it. Oh, it stretches out. So who knows what that's that's for? But anyway, <clears throat> I don't know what an altimeter is. Oh, altimeter! It's yes. uh, the measure altitude. Oh, okay. That was the other thing. So we saw the magnifying glass when it flipped off. Compass flashlight, sundial. Where what? was the sundial? <laughs> Maybe it's and a little a switch at the top. <laughs> yes. Now I need to find it because it said telescope reflector whistle and a manual counter but what's the reflector it's the little circular mirror thing on the side what do you mean on the, the front the, the part that's oh the, the little circle that we stare the at the whole time yeah. that's the yeah it's just a what do you even reflector. do with that you know signal to somebody on the other side of the mountaintop 
keep from getting hit by a car when you're on your bicycle, your BMX. Oh, telescope and periscope, magnifying glass, <laughs> tape measure, reflector. Yeah, I office. want to find this sundial. Where is this sundial? <laughs> I'd like, I have to find it. I've seen all of the parts but that one. I must discover its secrets. None of you guys saw the sundial, right? Mm, nope. No. It has okay. batteries. Why does it need batteries? Because it's got a light in it. Oh, the light. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. As a, it operates as a flashlight. I don't know about the sundial. I is that the, the sundial? Or that's got to be the compass. So, Okay, so it looks like there's compasses on both sides. So I guess that is the sun. Well, no. All a sundial has oh, to be is like just there's a, two compasses. It's probably that blue knob because or something. Cause all it has to be is just a thing sticking up, you know? And then you just look at the shadow. And what's the trigger of the gun do? And I'm also like, what's the purpose of... Oh, there's another magnifying glass. A blue, um, a blue thing pops out. It looks well, like yeah, there's two the magnifying, magnifying glass. glass, which is yeah. definitely 100% feature different than uh, a telescope. Yeah, because the telescope at the top. I, I swear, it, the sundial. There must be one of them. They I must think consider it's that, that blue dial, that circular dial, next to the reflector. Because the black one has an obvious compass, right? That looks, or that might be the altimeter. Which I don't, because I don't know what those look actually look like. So, whatever, I give up. I'll never find it unless I find it in real life. That's funny. This is unique to Transformers, or if this is one of those kind of toys that they could brand with anything, like the Smurfs, or yeah. <laughs> just put something on it. Smurfs, handy camper, camping kit, mm. <laughs> or something, you know, just like... I, I wonder if, there's no way to tell exactly how this sold. That's the problem, though, because uh, I'm just like... This looks really cool, and it doesn't change into an actual robot. So it literally is the only non-Transformer toy, I think, that isn't a robot. Because the, even the, the racing thing we did had two robots turn into the race cars that you used. So, But this is clearly just a toy with the Transformers logo on it. Yep. That was cool. Do you want one now, Charlie? No. You know, that slide-out magnifying glass reminds me of something on a toy I had. Like, that looks like a generic part. Oh, where was that at? Wait, degree measure? It measures the temperature, or do you mean the altitude thingy? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the... Well, yeah, I guess that's also another feature of a compass, I guess. I don't know. Wait, so that blue thing no, is the sundial? It? How does that even work? That, it's yeah. so small. Yeah. Well, you, you just have to put it so it casts a little shadow, I guess. And then you look at the tick marks they put on there. <sighs> yeah, I would think it would be a little bit skinnier than that. Not the Yeah, main... maybe you can pull it out. Maybe it's a rod. Maybe we're just seeing it. Oh, yeah, I telescopes. guess possible. But maybe it doesn't. <laughs> uh, I'm mad funny. at the tape measure. I'm like, come on. This almost. I just think this was like a yeah. Chinese... <laughs> camping set that just wasn't strong enough to be a real one <laughs> this is an officially licensed product something they put out during the second season it was something they made after transformers had long been out they were probably just like what other stuff can we slap this label because the second season was also when they released the race car one that um i showed you guys too oh my god <laughs> the kid looks like he's using his gun in that commercial you found right yep. even though he's looking through <laughs> through it as a telescope it looks like he's about to shoot you with it yep 
Wait, the telescope and the periscope are considered two separate items. Exactly. They're ripping people off because it's the same thing. But it's the same I, Well, no, remember thing. you saw glass. One goes in a straight line. The other goes in a diagonal line so that you can see, sneak around a corner, I guess, with it. Mm-hmm. I guess. I'm not really sure. I can't well, really no, defend it. No, that's the magnifying glass. That's different. No, I'm talking about, like, I saw the whole thing flip over in the video I was watching. It's the gun, shape, the gun, so... the black thing with the four circles on it, where it says telescope, that actually flips out and has, like, stuff in it. Oh, has glass okay. in it. Yeah, it's just weird. But anyway, we can stop talking about it. <laughs> I just wanted to show you that exists, because that just looked so awesome, bad, or both. I wasn't sure. Just the appeal of a periscope. Jeez. I had one as a kid, and I just can't remember... If I even enjoy playing with it, <laughs> I guess you'd get below the couch and like kind of try to look at people or something. <laughs> so that's it. Thomas, do you want this product? Nope. I have enough junk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you got any possibly consolidate 11 of my pieces of junk. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening, take a look at this awesome thing. It's called the tech speckometer 11 to see if this is the type of retro toy for you (laughs) signing (laughs) off this is sean charlie and thomas good night